Mark chapter 4. I want to read so that you're aware. Verses 35 through 41. Just gives you an idea of where we're going, okay? 35 through 41. Fairly familiar portion of the text. 35 through 41. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. Let me pause here and remind everyone, if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you have to take Christ as he is. It's a really important part of the text, Brother Coogan, that we, if we're not careful, we jump over and we just don't think about it. But they took him as he was. He was weary. He was tired. He had been ministering. He had an exhaustive resume from that singular day alone. He did more in that singular day than most will ever do in a lifetime. And he was tired in his body because he's fully God yet fully man. And his flesh is weary and they took him as he was. We cannot only love him when he's making us feel better. They took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. It is the only place in scripture we find Christ sleeping. They wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I will tell you, it seems like a reasonable question. Has anyone here ever had that question before? Maybe you didn't ask the Lord, carest thou not that we perish? But you might have had a little something in your spirit that said, don't you even care? Don't you even care? He arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, peace, be still. It's amazing that he called a storm peace. The wind ceased. There was great calm. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Not little faith, because little faith works, but no faith. They feared exceedingly. They reverenced exceedingly. They marveled exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It is in verse 36 from which I will draw my text today. And no doubt there is a possibility you have heard messages with this title before. As it is my desire when possible, I pull my title directly from the text. And I have felt prompted of that for today. From verse 36 in the final three words, I would preach to you other little ships. Other little ships. Pray with me in this house, if you will. God, we love you. We thank you for what we feel in this place. We pray your blessing. We pray your strength. I pray that you would help me to preach with wisdom. I pray that you would help me to preach with clarity. I pray you would help me to relay your word in an effective way today. Help every ear to hear 
every heart to receive and every person to be obedient unto your word that we might serve you faithfully and fully. And everyone said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. For the ancient Israelites, the sea had the tendency to represent chaos. Many believed that it was a place under the dominion of hostile forces. Though the sea was ultimately under the sovereignty of God, the Israelites actually tended to fear the sea. They would avoid it as much as possible. We know here today that the sea, the ocean, can be extremely powerful. I was recently with a dear friend of mine, Pastor Mike Enzi, and he began to tell a story about his family being at the ocean. He said, we were there, he said, and I had moved out into the water a little bit. The kids were farther up by the beach and I had moved out. He said, I did not think I was very far. He said, the water was up to about my chest or so. He said, but all of a sudden, an underneath current caught me and it carried me. He said, in a split second, I was football fields away. He said, it was the one time that I thought I was going to drown the power of the sea. Thank God that he was able to swim with all that he had laterally as they are taught to do. Thank God that he was able to be saved, but the sea is a powerful thing. For anyone that has ever traversed into the beach and you thought that you were going to try to surf and then you thought you were going to try not to. The sea is powerful. We know that all throughout the scripture and all throughout the text that we see the sea is powerful, even all the way to the book of Revelation. The apocalyptic beast of Revelation is said to rise up out of the sea. And John's revelation of Christ, that voice as the sound of many waters. And some of you would consider immediately with me that we have talked over the last month as God has had us on this strategic journey. We've talked about the Red Sea and the children of Israel being able to move through the Red Sea on the dry land and then Pharaoh's army chasing after them and being consumed by the sea. Here is my statement for you as I feel the Lord has prompted me for this service today. And I want you to bear with me for a moment as we get going. Both times in that Exodus experience, people followed their leadership into the sea. And it has given me a great pause here. And I feel like the Lord has asked me to share very clearly today. It's why my cadence is a little slow to begin. The children of Israel followed Moses as he followed God. 
The Egyptians followed after their leader as they followed in hot pursuit against God. Please hear me clearly when I tell us here today, we better be careful who we follow into the sea. We better be careful who we follow into the sea. The water being regarded again as something of hostile and overwhelming power. It was a couple of years ago that my wife wanted to go on a cruise. I should say we wanted to go on a cruise. And we wanted to go on a cruise because she wanted to go <laughs> on a, yeah, I see you. And we decided to go on a cruise during hurricane season. <laughs> Thank God we were okay. But I remember telling her, they said we wouldn't feel anything. I was popping Dramamine like Skittles. She kept telling me it was all you want to eat. And I kept saying, I've had all I want to eat. We went on that cruise and we felt the effects because of the hurricane that came through. We went back and forth to the same two ports over and over and over again. I know multiple people in the Bahamas by name. <laughs> and she loves those little thrifty shops. We've been on one cruise, singular. I know there's people in here that have been on dozens and people that have never been on one. I don't want to say too much. Just pray about it. For those that love it, I'm glad you do. Me, I'm a pretty big fan of the land. We are friends. But the sea is amazing in its power, and I don't want to make too light of what is a currently delicate situation with the Hurricane Ian that has ravaged our world, and it has destroyed family homes and properties, and people have lost their lives to the power of the sea when the storm comes in. It was, in fact, one of the great leaders that is recorded, Xerxes is uh, recorded by that father of history, or so he's called Herodotus, that Xerxes on one of his works trying to work through and around and upon Greece that the, 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 the water would not stop and it's challenging. And so Xerxes, he orders that there would be 300 lashings of the sea. Brother John, I've wondered how silly it must have looked when one of his guys had to follow the command and walk to the edge of the sea and begin to whip Keep going <laughs> 300 times and then drops those shackles into the sea. Am amazingly thinking that he is going to chastise the water. But there would be one that could. There would be one coming that could step to the edge of a storm and say, peace, be still. And if you are a believer that has followed him for any period of time, you know very well that he has at one point or another stepped to the bow of your life. 
And for some of you, you might even be in a storm right here and right now on this very Sunday morning to which I will tell you if he was able, he is able. If he was able to silence the storm, then he is able to silence the storm. And I have preached from this text many times, and you have heard from many preachers over the years from this particular text, for it is a narrative that draws attention, for Christ himself did sleep in the text, and there is an overwhelming storm. Ladies and gentlemen, storms are real. Storms are real. But it was by the request of Christ that they would pass over to the other side. I've never considered it until this week so strongly as the Lord has challenged me on this particular text. As, I, 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 as I've looked at this and as I've tried to work through this, I've thought about the disciples who themselves were fishermen. Those who had spent so much time on the water. They knew that they only went into certain bodies of water at certain times. And I feel some sense of weariness even in my spirit, because most likely, Pastor Lopez, when Jesus looked at them after all of the occurrences on land and said, let's pass over, there was probably something hidden in the hearts and even the minds of those individuals knowing this is not an appropriate time to pass across these waters. Now, we might not consider this a sea in Mark 4. We would consider it a lake here in North America. And even in most parts of the world, we would consider this a lake, the Sea of Galilee. It's not seemingly so wide, but the problem is you have the heat of the Judean hillside that mixes with the cool air of the snow-capped mountains not far in the distance. And in the right times when that cool air mixes with that warm air, it creates a friction on that surface. We know how storms occur when two weather cycles come together and here the diversity of climate and yet the proximity of relation brings them to a place where storms more likely occur and the disciples seem to have no say in the matter. Christ wants to go and typically they are following Christ but at this moment he has been working all day. I won't take exhaustive time to relay and remind what he has been doing but everything from leprosy to demons. Christ is absolutely exhausted from his ministry in the day and it is the need to withdraw from people and I understand that there is critical work still yet to be accomplished through Christ which is why he is telling them that they must go. But Christ was not unaware of the possibility of storm. He is just not intimidated of storms. It is something for every man and woman in this room to mentally chew on here today that he was so exhausted from his dealing with the people that he was more readily aware and willing to face a natural storm in the world than he was to deal with one more person on land. And he climbs into that boat. And the disciples get in with him and they launch out into that lake. They launch out into that sea, if you will. And while they are out there, the storm does come. You've heard it before, but let me say it here again this morning. And I need everyone in the room to hear me clearly. Just because Christ is with you does not mean that you will not encounter a storm. 
We have people in this room right now who have individuals in your family that are ravaged by sickness. They're dealing with debilitating issues and disease. We have people in this room right now that have financial struggles. People that are dealing with mental issues probably they wouldn't want anyone to know. Financial woes that they wouldn't want anyone to know. And if we are not careful, we want to do this. Don't you even care. Now, we don't want to say that because that doesn't make us look like a believer. That doesn't make us look like we're full of faith. Can I tell you something on this Sunday morning? God's okay with your honesty. In fact, God loves your transparency and your honesty. No, I think the disciples might have been a little bit of low on faith, but they were not so low on faith that they did not remember who to go to. They were not so low on faith that they didn't remember. I don't think the storm can, go, can stop. I don't think the wind is going to cease. I've heard about storms like this. This is why we didn't want to get in the middle of this lake. It's the wrong time of day. It's the wrong season. It's the wrong, all of the elements. We didn't want to be here. And when they've tried everything they can for the sea is crashing in, you need to see their faces as they are sweating with sweat pouring down off their brow. You need to see those calloused hands working the oars. You need to see them over there with buckets doing their best to scoop it out. I see disciples that are tied on to a part of the boat so that the sea does not drag them overboard. And they're doing everything that they can just to stay afloat. And I wish it was not this way, but oftentimes as believers, there are people who are doing everything they can just to stay afloat. Just give me one more pail full of of water and as quickly as they could try to get it overboard it was crashing back in because it was not the boat but it was the outside elements that were working against them and, and it's not the fact that they're not trying it's just that the doctor's report keeps coming and it's, it's not the fact that they're not trying it's just that the wind won't stop blowing and it's not the fact that they're not trying it's just the fact that the waves will not subside I want to tell somebody here today, it's not your fault. You didn't cause this storm. There's just elements that have worked together in this moment. And you say, well, I'm out of faith. And this is the exact description that Christ gave the very disciples on his boat. Isn't it something to consider that Christ was so comfortable in a group of people that even he could say, have no faith. He was so comfortable in their presence that he could be asleep. You don't have to be some great spiritual giant for Christ to know that there is value and worth and ability in you. Remember, if we are anything great, it is because the greatness of God is out. Yes, it's effective in our lives for the men and women that are in this room today. It is important that we consider they are doing everything they can. You've been doing everything you can for your job and it's still not working. You've been doing everything you can for your kids and it's still not working. You've been dipping the bucket in. You've been hollering out to other people, paddle harder. You've been looking over to the, pour the water out and Finally, somebody runs and gets Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was on the ship the whole time. 
And I know that this seems elementary to some and revelational to others, but let me just say it. Either way, wherever you fall on that spectrum, can I tell you and remind you, your storm does not intimidate Christ. Your storm does not intimidate Christ. Yeah, well, pastor, when they wake him up, he looks at them and asks them, how could you be so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you have no faith? I don't want him to chastise me. I'm going to be honest with you, even as the pastor. I'm okay if he has to chastise me from time to time, as long as he will step to the bow of my boat and teach me another lesson. Remind me, I, I'm telling you, I, every now and then I need him to remind me the lesson that he can look out and say, hey, peace, be still, peace, be still. And I would tell someone in this room here today, he can still do that in your life. Cancer is not your God. Diabetes is not your God. What are you doing? I'm just dipping the bucket in the water. And every time I get a gallon out, 10 more gallons flood in. And I keep doing this. But I've come to remind you on this Sunday morning that you're not alone. He is with you. Even if it seems like he is asleep, he is available. Listen, I got to swallow my pride. I got to run to the bottom of the boat. And I got to say, get up. Get up, get up, get up and help me. I need your help. I can't do this by myself. I cannot do this alone. I, I'm going down. We're all going to drown if you don't do something in this. Ladies and gentlemen, we all need Jesus. You need him if you're demonstrative. You need him if you're passive. You need him if you're wealthy. You need him if you're not. We need Jesus. Well, I, I don't understand why I'm fighting this storm. Here's what the Lord has keyed me in on. I'm not the only one fighting it. Say, oh, pastor, I've heard that before. Well, hear it a little bit differently today. Brother Henderson, in all my times of reading the text, you know how it is at times, how the words pop off of the page at you. This is one of those moments when those words, other little ships, popped off of the page. It is not just Peter. It is not just Andrew. It is not just James. It is not just John. It is not just Calvary. It is not just the closest few. It is not just the selected. It is the other followers that said the timing doesn't seem right but if Jesus is going I want to go and so as they launched off of land regardless of the trepidation regardless of how hesitant some of the people would have been even on the main boat regardless there were other little ships with men and women that were pouring into them brother Sleva and saying I know the timing doesn't seem right but here's what I know if Jesus is going I want to go if Jesus is moving I want to move and everything about the moment would have said don't go into the sea at this hour and yet there was this longing to follow after 
Christ. And so we typically read the narrative, Brother Brown, through the main vessel that is there where Christ is sleeping. But it is not simply this main vessel. There is a fleet. There is a company. There are individuals that are part of this same company. And they are coming along. And when we think of the furiosity of the storm, I want to tell you right now, there are times at Calvary Tabernacle, even in a, a church of our size and stature, that we feel the rockiness of the waves and the blowing of false doctrine and the winds of the world. And we feel those things. But I, I must remind us, we are not alone, for there are other little ships that are trying to preach this name and trying to do this work. And all across this room, you have family and friends that are scattered from home missions churches all the way to mid-sized churches and maybe even large churches all over the world. And you'll find that when you're in a storm, it seems like often they're in a storm. For it is not that we're wrestling against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers. And, and while the main ship was feeling the effect, I cannot help but in my mind and while I pray and while I thought about delivering to this body and I ask God for a specific way and a specific word, I try to never walk to this podium without hearing from God something that will help you and your families. What is that word for us? The Lord began to show me the other little ships. And I need to tell every parent in this room right now, you've got little ships following you. Whether you know it or not, you're teaching them faithfulness. You're teaching them righteousness. You're teaching them godliness. You're teaching them how to pray or how not to. You're teaching them how to be righteous or how to be unrighteous. I, myself, as a father, I have other little ships that are following me. I have those that are coming behind me. I've got one that's 18. I've got one that's 15. I've got one that's 13. And I've got one that's 10. And they're all individual in the way that they think and the way that they process and the way that they go through life and I'm not trying to make any one of them be like me I'm not trying to make any one of them be like my wife I'm not trying to make any one of them be like each other but I want to teach them how to follow Jesus and it is important for me to teach them. It is important for them to know that when they endure storms, that there is a storm calmer, that there is a peace speaker, that there is a way maker. We must understand that in Mark chapter 4, what we are reading, we are reading with all the weight of history, with every belief and every ideology and every myth that had ever been established about the gods of the sea and the boisterous waters of the ocean. We, were, we are waging against every belief, every paganistic thought that had ever found its lodging in the hearts or the minds of even those closest disciples, but not just them, but the people who were following, those who were close behind. It is my firm belief that the only thought process of the people in those little ships was to look towards that main vessel and just to assume as long as it stays afloat, as long as it stays afloat, there is hope for us. 
I feel such a weightiness from God in my delivery to this congregation this morning to tell you that for some of us, we are at a critical place to walk to the hinder part of the boat, to walk to the hinder part of the ship and to begin to awaken Christ in our lives again. You say, well, Pastor Christ is not asleep. He, he doesn't slumber. He's not down. No, nobody can begin to grow silent in our life if we're not careful. And there is something Paul would speak of it this way, that we would stir up the gift that is inside of us, that we would stir it up, lest, please hear me, lest we allow the frustration of the storm to silence the voice of the master in our life. For some people all over, I would say for many in this room, you even utilize what is known as a, uh, um, a sound maker or a noise maker. Some of you in this room, you probably sleep to the sound of rain. It's raining every night at your house. Other people, you'd have to go to the bathroom all night if you... But the sound, some people love the sound of a storm. My wife's one of these people, loves the sound of rain. She said, oh, it just sounds great. I, I'm not one of those people. I'll be honest with you. I don't love the sound of a storm. Physically, naturally, spiritually, <laughs> don't like it, don't want it. But please Allow it to be pictured here today, the truth of the text in Mark 4, that even though they are taking those swells, they are going up and down. I think I told you about the time, it was one year ago this month, that I had the great idea via my wife to take our children shark fishing. I had never felt sickness. I don't know what it is with me getting out in the ocean. I'm done, okay? I'm done. I like local lakes where I can get to the bank fairly quick. I love to be on a lake as long as I can get there on a smooth day. But I took them shark fishing and we got out there parked. I was, I was just uh, talking to somebody in the church about this the other day. We got out there and, and, and they dropped the anchor. I, I had the bright idea to take my kids for a big seafood dinner right before we went. It was like the sea saying, you ate of us. <laughs> Who's the guppy now? <laughs> we got out there and they anchored that. And I'll never forget sitting on that cold metal. Thinking to myself, if I could, I'd put my face on this cold metal right now. Ten foot swells. That boat was going down. I was right on the nose of it. All the way down, all the way up. All the way down, all the way up. And every time I started to come up, it started. Before the night was over, I was laying in the galley, flat on my back with a Sprite in my right hand. It... Somebody said, did you lose your lunch? I said, I lost everything. I swallowed a piece of gum when I was seven. That ca I lost everything. Everything. <laughs> Bazooka. I... And so it is hard, ladies and gentlemen, for me to fathom that Christ is down there. He's down there sleeping. And they run to him. And that was their words. Don't you even care? 
Carest thou not that we perish? Can I tell you something? Christ understood the we more than they did. Because for them, we was immediate. But for him, we was everyone. And he came for a singular focus. And it was to die and be resurrected. And he already knew this isn't the storm that's taken me out. Boy, I'd love to, before I hit the home stretch here today, ask somebody if you would go ahead and make up in your mind, this isn't the storm that's taken me out. I'm trying to say it. I don't want to yell at you for your reaction. I don't want to lift my voice to have to say it. I wish somebody would just say, you know what? I'm going to make up my mind. This isn't the thing that's destroying me. This, and I feel something right now. I feel... I feel something. I feel a determination coming on somebody. You've been bickering. You've been fighting. You've been arguing. I'm telling you right now, you need to go ahead and say, you know what? Enough's enough. This storm isn't taking us out. This storm is not destroying me. This storm is not overwhelming. And so they run to Christ and they wake him up. And what does he do? He chastises them and then he chastises the storm. Are you okay if he chastises you as long as he'll chastise the storm? I'm going to tell you, Brother Massengale, I am. I'm okay, Everett. And he still does it on a regular basis. I'll be in prayer and the Lord will correct me. And I'll think, wow, that felt a little bit sensitive. Felt a little bit harsh. But every now and then, I'm, I, I need him to remind me. I'm the God over all of this. I'm the God over every single... Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you don't hear, you don't hear the, uh, uh, the wind rustling through the leaves without it being the handiwork of God. You, you, you don't hear the wind chimes begin to move gently in the breeze in the backyard without that being the handiwork and the effects of God. I don't know why sometimes it's a gentle breeze and sometimes it's a tsunami. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't recognize. It's hard for me to wrap my my mind around, but I have come to learn this and I've come to remind everyone that will hear it today. You're not alone. You're not alone. Well, we know that pastor. We've heard that all our lives that Christ is with us. No, hear the other side of that. It's not just Christ. You're not alone because while your vessel is going up and down, there are other little ships that are looking. And I want to make a bold declaration that I know it to be true and some of them are watching. I lost track at General Conference this week and I'm humbled to say it out loud and I'm a little bit overwhelmed at the amount of pastors that came up to me with tears in their eyes and said, thank you for Calvary and what you guys are doing. You're on a different time frame than us and so we're pastoring a North American Missions Church or where we pastor so we get up and before we ever go to our church we watch and we hear your worship and we hear your preaching I had multiple pastors say we feel encouraged before we walk into that building where there's only a few we get some preaching and so I want to tell the members of this body I know that this is more weighty than maybe you think you signed up for but there are other little ships that are watching us and I want them to know and be able to say with an absolute mind we can watch them and know that the ship is not going down that there are still people that believe in the power of the name of Jesus. There are still people that believe in the righteousness of God. There are still men and women
women that want to be like the Lord. There are still men and women that believe there is an end time revival for everybody. I mean everybody. Those that are watching, I want you to hear this church applaud because we're telling you, you can do it also. You can believe for your family. You can believe for your children. We got people watching whose children are backslidden. We want you to know we have some children that are back, but we believe that he can step to the edge of the ship and we want the other little ships to know Jesus is still able. Jesus is still effective. Jesus is... Come on, do we still believe it? He can arouse from that slumber and he can walk to the edge and he can say, peace, be still. And the anxiety can be gone and the depression can lift and the family can be strengthened. Stand with me all over this house. Other little ships. You might not know it, but they're watching you at work. Other little ships. You don't think that they notice anymore because they're a prodigal and they don't come to church anymore, but you better hear me. They do notice. And they are other little. Well, they don't even believe like me. I just go to college with them. Other little ships. Got good news for you. The church will not be defeated. The church will not be defeated. Oh, pastor, that's an arrogant statement. Are you saying Calvary? No, 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 I didn't say Calvary. I said the church. And I am here to warn someone. Please feel my heart. Anybody that's been looking over the edge and thinking it won't affect the other little ships if you just give in. That it won't affect your kids if you just jump into the... Well, if Jesus was really in this, we wouldn't be dealing with this. No, 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 that's not it. This is life. This is life. I hate sickness. God, judge my heart and know my heart. If I could take that instance out of your family, I would take it. If I could get it to be gone, that's why I don't believe in just some blab it and grab it mentality. I think you can be healed. I don't think that every time you are. Oh, pastor, you can't say. But I think you can keep knocking. Something amazing happens in this moment. We got to catch this. Before we leave this house today, they've watched him. Leprosy's dried up. Demons are cast out. They've seen incredible natural things. But when he says, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, I try to picture the way my mind, it, it tends to work cinematic features at times. I, I, I see the way I would try to play it out if I was capturing it on video. 
I see the wind dying and I can hear the small sloshing of the boat in the waves as the waves slowly begin to calm down. Here's what I see. I see the amazement on their faces, Brother Sluice. These disciples, these close followers of Christ, they kind of look at each other. Brother Harrison, they, they've seen him hit home runs, man. This is bigger. They, they just watched that person who's bought. They, they, they've, they've seen some amazing things, but I mean, he just spoke to the storm. I've seen people be touched one at a time, but I've never seen this many people at once. I've never seen the natural. And their question was, what manner of man is this? They were with Jesus, but did not understand the fullness of His power. Could it be that we have walked with Him yet still lack in the understanding? of the fullness of His power. I want to ask a question to everyone in the room, and I promise you that before I ask it to you publicly, I've already asked it to myself alone. When's the last time you were just amazed in the presence of God? For me, it was last Sunday morning. But a little young lady walked up to me, a young adult walked up to me, a visitor. Walked up to me in the foyer. I knew she didn't mean to, but before she could get the entire story out, tears had filled her eyes. She said, I don't know how you knew what I was dealing with. I don't know why you would have preached that today from when I showed up. She said, but only God knows what I've been dealing with. I'm going to tell you how I felt. I walked away from that interaction amazed by how personal he is. I wish you would, if you're willing, maybe slip your hands up towards heaven. And if you feel this way, or even if you just want to feel this way, maybe you would begin to tell God that you're still amazed by Him. And maybe if you haven't been in a while, maybe you could just be honest enough to tell Him. Don't you care that we perish? God, I feel... I feel numb, man. I'm talking for somebody right now that you feel numb. You feel numb to God. And I am pleading with you in the Holy Ghost by inspiration of the Spirit. I'm pleading with you on behalf of the other little ships. 
that whether you know it or not are following you, I'm asking you to say, oh God, I want to be amazed again in your presence. Not so that I can, I'm not talking about lights and bells and whistles. God, I'm not talking about amazing instrumentalists. I'm not talking about fascinating preaching. I'm talking about the purity of your peace speaking presence.